Most stories of success usually focus on a person's highlight reel. In this podcast, those people will share what goes on beyond the curtain. You'll hear about their wins and losses and how those experiences created their grit and determination. There's no such thing as luck. Welcome to Beyond Grit with Robert Young. So today I get to sit down again with my man, Kent Youngstrom. So this is take two. So it's a little less robotish as my first um, time together. And uh, we're going to chill and we're going to talk. So how are you doing, Kent? I'm doing really well, thank you. Good. The studio's empty for two days. You just finished up a big project, didn't you? Uh, I'm in the middle of it. I, I shipped out 140 paintings two days ago Mm -hmm. and I'm waiting for 150 new canvases to arrive. They could arrive while we're talking. Hopefully not. Where are they hung up? Where are they hung up? Yeah. Um, They all shipped to Crate and Barrel in their warehouse and then people will order them. I think they're actually already ordered for and Mm -hmm. they'll be delivered to their houses. Now the canvases that you're waiting for. Um, They are, they're en route from uh, trucking. Yeah. They were, I did get a bunch of them that were stuck in Miramar. I will never get those. Okay. Those will never, never arrive. They'll never arrive. So those are the joys, the joys of having your own business, isn't it? Be an artist, they said. I, I didn't realize I was going to be in packing and shipping and ordering and receiving. <laughs> but they're big projects, though. They are. The total order is about 900 paintings. Wow. I did never, I did never, I did never expect did. that. <laughs> it's the bourbon cream, I think. I think it is. Talking. Mm-hmm. But so... So do you have a little bit of a a gap, like a day gap before you're rocking into your next one? Yeah, as soon as they arrive, I will start on that project. It's due the 10th of of April. Mm. So I don't have much time, but then I will be done. Well, at least you were able to do 100 snatches today at the gym. So your shoulders will be worked out. I was good. Yep. I finished last and didn't care. That's okay. At least the music wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it was. It was Corey's fine. not a DJ. It was fine. All right. So I want to know, and the people want to know. The people don't want to know. The people want to know what what brought you here to Charlotte? Because you weren't raised, born and raised here in Charlotte. I was born and raised in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in Illinois, Michigan, Ohio. Maryland, West Virginia, and now Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. I've been here about 12 years, somewhere around there, maybe 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was here, I actually moved from Wisconsin, which I didn't lift, list, because um, I was tired of shoveling snow. Yeah. The weather was nice. I thought Charlotte was an artistic town, because I went to Noda and saw the one block, and was like, cool, there's probably more of this. Um, so we moved here and I started a job at a branding agency doing some design work and interior design and branding and things like that. I was here for five or six months and 2008 happened and I really didn't have a job anymore. Um, and, but I was here in Charlotte. What, um, enjoying the Nota street. Yeah. What, so what year did you arrive? I think it was, I think it was 2000 and. It was the, it was August of two thousand and eight. 
Oh, from 2007. So it was like, those, yeah, it was, I, we bought our house literally a month or two before they stopped giving loans. Uh, okay. It's good timing. Very good timing. My, my life is based on good timing. <laughs> and what were you doing when you rolled into town? Um, I had just started a job at, at a, um, it was a new development agency. They were buying buildings and, and turning them into different things. And so I was sort of their designer and marketing person. Um, they had just purchased uh, the trust, which is where Michael Jordan and Cam Newton used to live. Um, it was an old bank building that they turned into a, um, the, a housing project and a couple other things that they had started, but then had to stop. Um, so when all that stopped, we were doing a lot of work for developers. And so all of that stopped. So did you go to school for this? To, I went to school in West Virginia. Okay. My degree is in interior design. I have one interior design client and that is enough. Um, we'll just say I enjoy painting more. Okay. Much more. Did you, so it was the interior design, you went to school mm -hmm. for that. Did you always know that deep down inside you wanted to be an artist? I did not. I wanted to kick a soccer ball and that was the closest thing they had to architecture. So I took that. And, um, admittedly, I really hated that it was me and a 20 girls in a classroom. It was terrible. Uh, most of my soccer buddies made fun of me until they walked by the studio and then wanted to enroll in classes. Um, sorry, it's just a small side story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, it was the first time I took an art class, actually. I didn't take any art in high school. I was scared to death. I assumed I needed to be pierced and all black and have painted, painted fingernails and all of that to be an artist. My teacher was a big football fan. Um, we were an hour and a half away from Marshall University, which is where Randy Moss was going at the time. He was from Marshall. We would talk football while we would draw vases and all of those fun things that you do in your first art class. Mm -hmm. And that was fine. But then when I took a painting class, I was hooked. And I think that's when I first started to like it. I didn't really know what I was doing with it, to be honest. Um, so when I moved here, I had been painting in my garage or my basement and done, I had done a one art show at a, at a wine and cheese shop in Wisconsin. Most shops are wine and cheese shops in Wisconsin. So I had, I had done one of those, um, and just kind of started painting my garage here, but I honestly had no idea how or where to sell my art when I started. I just was painting and giving them to friends or in my own house. I had a house full of stuff that I liked, but I didn't know what to do with it. Did somebody help you figure yes. out what to do with it? Yeah, we had a we had one of those neighborhood art parties or neighborhood um, neighborhood backyard parties where there were uh, uh, drinks for adults and punch for kids. And one of the people that came was an art rep who lived in Nashville, Tennessee. And I basically kind of dragged her over to my house and said, "What what do I do with this? And and how do I do it?" And she kind of gave the, the, the standard, well, you could do this, this, or this, this. And I just kept, I just kept bugging her. I said, seriously, like, where do I start? And she got me into one school show in Nashville that I actually still go to. Um, most of the private school fundraisers in Nashville are art shows. Uh, last year I was there and met um, Keith Urban and his wife, Nicole. Um, so it's a, a nice private school. <laughs> so, so... Um, that was the first art show I ever did. Actually, that was the second art show I'd ever did. The first art show that I went to ended up being like a glorified 
yard sale. It was just a big sale that anybody could get into. I think I applied for the wrong one. <laughs> I won a blue ribbon for best booth, but I didn't sell any paintings. So my very first art show, I sold zero paintings. I still have the blue ribbon. <laughs> It's around here somewhere to but, remind me that I'm, I'm really not that cool. Oh, my God. Mm, yeah. But it's amazing. I, ch I shared that story yeah. with my daughter. So, so Audrey's making jewelry. Yeah. And she's pretty doing pretty good selling it on Instagram. But she set up a booth at some local sporting mm -hmm. event. I don't know if it was yeah. a soccer tournament or whatever. And she's like, I didn't sell anything. And I said, well, well that's the there's worst. a story there's here. There's a story here. She didn't win best booth, but... Uh, she might sell 900 paintings someday to somebody. Maybe one day. One day. So then off you went from there. So off I went from there, and, and it was just a... It was a cluster. It was, how much do I sell it for? What do I bring to the shows? Who are who Who is my target market? Like, did I even think about that? I'm just painting. And truthfully, I hate to admit it, but at, at many times I would paint what I thought would sell oh you know people are buying bird paintings at target let's go paint birds or things like that i had a few things that i really enjoyed doing and i didn't really notice it at the time but those are the ones that sold it wasn't the birds it was what i liked to paint was what sold but i honestly didn't recognize that for a couple of a couple of years later um, and i convinced myself that words were not art and so I stopped painting words relatively early into what I was doing. Um, and I guess it did two things. One, it made me actually work on the art part and for lack of a better word, get better at it, betterer at it. Mm -hmm. um, but I had people ask me where the words went. And I finally realized, wait a minute. What is my definition of art? Do I care? And if people want it, or if it if it is affecting people, or if people are are looking at it in a way that encourages them or talks to them, or they resonate with it, why don't I use it? Mm -hmm. And why don't I use it to say something that I want to say and in my own language, rather than live, laugh, love, or whatever the quote is of the month, why don't I say what I want to say and make it artistic? And when I started doing that, things started to click pretty cool. Mm. That's kind of cool, though. That, And that's what you enjoy doing. That's what I enjoy doing. I like to make you think a little bit. I like to catch you off guard. I like to surprise you. But not in a not in the traditional artist, I'm going to shock you like way. shocking. I want you to remember something or I want you to smirk at it or I want you to say, hmm, that's a pretty simple way to say that. I'm going to do that. That's what I like to do. Do you think that, you know, once you got back to or got back or found what your passion was and it was selling that your art became better? It became much better. When I found my own voice and I, I almost hesitate to say that because it's a sort of a buzzword of find your own voice. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I found my own voice or I found where I was comfortable or I found my favorite pair of jeans or whatever it was. I stopped trying to be everybody else in the art world. I stopped trying to, oh God, that guy does such cool work. That does not mean that I don't look at somebody's work sometimes and get jealous or God, oh man, 
they have this opportunity. Um, just a couple months ago, I was in Utah in Park City painting for a television show. Beautiful sunny day. I'm outside painting with two friends being filmed for a show. And we had a little break and I went on Instagram and I saw somebody, somebody that I was sort of like jealous of. I was like, dang it, look what he gets to do. And I was like, wait, what? I'm here. I'm in Utah yeah. on a television show. What the heck am I complaining about? I was like, okay, we got to stop this. But I don't know. It's I mean, so it's, funny. It's how kind you, of funny how that works. I it's was like, funny I, how your mind yeah, works. That person probably was looking. But you know, if I would have posted, they'd probably like, oh god, he's in Utah. This guy. He could be skiing right now. I could be blah blah blah. Yep. But you know, the glass is half full. The glass is half empty. Whatever. There's always room for more alcohol in it. Um. I think it's, I think it's a two edged sword. If I was just, con I mean, I am, I am content with what I am doing, mm -hmm. but I'm not content with where I am. Okay. But I never want to get there. No. So that's kind of one of my things is I, I never want to, I don't want to see the finish line. But yeah, but you're still progressing though. I'm progressing. I'm still going along the journey, but I think I'll always be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. If I got to the end, I wouldn't know what to do. And it's like, it's like when they win the Super Bowl and they always interview them and they said, well, I'm going to do it again next year. I'm like, oh, that was a lot of work for that comment. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm always in the middle of, of where I want to go, um, but I'm always going. Yeah. The road, someone asked me the other day, they said, I'd like you, you know, could you, can you mentor me? He said, I think I really feel like I'm at a very pivotal point in my business right now. I said, you might be, but you will be next week and the next month and the next year too. No matter what you do, you're always going to be in a pivotal moment. You're never going to go straight down the road. I, you know, I drove from here to California this summer and gave away art. I probably could have gotten there a hundred different ways. I still would have ended up in California at my sister's house. Might take me an hour or two hours difference, or maybe maybe a day or two. Still would have gotten there. So what what caused you to drive from here all the way to California and give away art? What's the story behind that? The story behind that is is um, I like to give stuff away, and it and honestly is a little bit of a church story in that. You know, they always, they teach you to give, to give things away, right? Growing up, I was taught to give a certain amount of way and, and these kind of things. And I don't have a problem with that. But in my mind, one of the best things I ever heard was you don't have to wait to have a lot to give a lot. And I, and I growing up or even, even now I kind of think like, I don't have a lot, but I can give stuff away still. I don't have to have a million dollars to give away money. Mm -hmm. So I've always, I shouldn't say always, but I've, I've kind of developed since I started doing this. I like, uh, people, people helped me. I always felt like people have given me things. I'm going to give some of that back. And so I've done that from the very beginning. Uh, and so this summer when, uh, we were all quarantined and didn't have anything to do, um, I convinced my kids that if we went and tagged the city, we could be in trouble, that that would be cool. And so we went out at midnight and we, I made 200 posters that said love um, for my love hurts, sucks, never fails painting. And we put them up at like midnight. I purposely tried to find police cars so that the kids were scared a little bit. Um, but they had a blast. Um, we had a couple friends and um, I expected them to like, honestly, like be hanging a week later, just in the wind or I'd have to go get them because they'd blown down. They were all gone by noon. 
Um, it kind of blew up. Um, the news called me and wanted me to come do a story on it and things like that. It was actually really cool. Um, so I got good response. So selfishly, I was like, hmm, giving away things makes people notice you. Um, and again, there was really not much going on in the world. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of traffic. There wasn't a lot of this, that, or the other. People were out walking their dogs, and they were out in the big cities, and they were out at least walking, trying to stay healthy and those types of things. So I ordered a 1,000 pieces of paper, and in one weekend, we made them all. And I drove and stopped in probably 10 to 12 cities along the way, and we just put up 50 to 100 or whatever I felt like it. Took me about a week or so. Um, Was it just you? On the road trip? Just me. I drove to my sister's house in San Jose, California. Yeah. Ah. Yep. So I made a lot of, I made a lot of, there were a lot of pivotal moments in that trip. Yeah. Of which way am I going? What am I doing? What am I, am I going to eat lunch? Am I going to take a nap? Am I going to go to the city? Am I going to put 50? Am I going to put 100? Is it going to rain? Do I need to put them undercover? Mm. Where do I put them? Do I make sure that they're up and they stay up? Um, But honestly, I did meet some friends along the way and, and had help putting them up in some of the cities. Um, which was very cool. Um, Did you have the cities laid out before you went? Mostly. Yeah. I made a few. I made a few diversions. I'd never been to the Grand Canyon, so I did that. I didn't put any in the Grand Canyon, but um, I did do that. A couple other really cool things that had I not gone with the mindset of I'm going to get to this city, but I don't care when. Um, it's kind of cool, and it was kind of a lesson of like you'll get there, even in life. I'll get there. But it doesn't have to be today. Everybody wants to be, everybody wants to be me today, or I want to be the person above me tomorrow, or I want to be, I want to have, I want to get to this goal today. Everybody wants to do it today. Oh, today's beautiful outside. Open the door and do something else. Or, or it's okay not to be the top of the list or I, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just a, an attitude I've adopted of I'm going to get there. I don't know how, but I'm going to enjoy it along the way. Yeah. It's a, it's hard for, for, I mean, a lot of people want to say it's hard for kids now and because of social media and because mm-hmm. of this and they see everybody and they see everybody winning and it's their, it's their big moments. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not just kids. It's, me, I'm 48 years old. Yep, we're yep. 49, yep. and I look and I'm like, how do they get to do that? And what what are they doing to do that? And and I, I'm, I guess I'm mature and wise enough that I can kind of sit back and I've got your attitude. Like, I'm just going to keep moving forward, take a step, take a step, and eventually it's it's going to get there mm-hmm. right and you won't even know you're there until one day you wake up and you're like wow i i finally i'm doing good and and like you say the journey is always there's always something else there's always something else there's always someone to compare it to we're always you know we're we're comparing everyone's highlight reel to our our backstage mess right yep. um you know i i'll be 100% honest Painting 900 paintings and putting them in a box, there's not much glamorous output that I can get to that. And I, I, I'll be straight up, like, for three weeks, I did not want to get up and start painting. I didn't. It was hard to enjoy that part of the journey. I was, I was, there were times when it was two in the morning and I'm putting texture, the same texture on the same painting over and over and over again, knowing in my mind, I need to do 50 of these today. 
because if I don't, they won't be ready by tomorrow to do the second coat. Do, 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 do. Oh my gosh, do, 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 do. thought I'd turn Robert, that off. Robert, the co-host, the oh host, my gosh. is very, very, that. very irresponsible. He's idiot. Getting, he's getting phone calls on the podcast. We're not editing that out. I'm feeling, I'm goes. feeling second, second, oh second gosh. important. I don't feel wanted right now. I'll get you back. I'll reel you back in. I'll <laughs> so, reel you back so, in. So, so uh, it's just, uh, as much as I want to say I'm, I enjoy the journey, I do enjoy yep. the journey, but there are parts of it. I don't care what you're doing. Listen, whoever whoever says the quote, uh, you know, find something you love and you'll never work a day in the life. They need to be shot. <laughs> I mean, at least they know what it feels like to be shot or stabbed which secretly is on my list of things I want to experience just for like 20 minutes. Oh my God. I just want to know what it feels like. Anyway, no. anyway, we'll, we'll skip, we'll skip that part of Ken's, <laughs> Ken's bucket list. But you are the you, tortured type. If you, if you are doing what you want to do and what you love, God, it's a lot of work. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm in a group chat with some friends and literally I think this morning there was like 412 text back and forth. And finally I chimed in with, do you guys work? And immediately the text came back was, I find that funny from an artist. And I was like, I work more than all you people guaranteed. I guarantee you that you guys are not working at 10 PM on a Tuesday, after, Tuesday evening consistently. And that's not, that's not me complaining. That is me choosing to do that. I choose to do it. Because I enjoy it. That doesn't mean I always want to work, that I don't want to do game night and I don't want to hang out with friends. I don't want to do that stuff. That's the best part of it. Yeah. But I choose to create something or write something or think about other things because it's what I love to do. But don't tell me it's not work. Yeah. No, that's the real... That was one of the things, you know, and one of the reasons why I want to interview people because there's... There's a behind the scenes, just like you said. And it doesn't mean that it's bad no. that, you know, I want to paint, but God, you know, I got to get up and do this. That's natural. That's human. And, and you'll, you'll get by and you'll do it and then you'll move on to the next project. And mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to think that things suck sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And move on. One of the best things I saw, and this is, I think it's on the same topic, but I don't have the data or the, or even where I saw it, but it was a chart of people who own their own business and who are successful. And the chart for the first five years was, a was sort of like when you start going up a roller coaster and you haven't gone on the incline yet and you just hear the click, 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 you know, year one, you go up 5%, year two, five more, you just kind of, it's kind of a short incline. And then at year five, it's like you're on the SpaceX. It just takes off straight up. And I'll be honest, it's kind of true. Yeah. Like I have, I'm, without trying to sound like an idiot, I've put in a lot of work. And it's not like one day it just took off, but one day it just took off. Yeah. And... Did you know that day or did it? Oh, did it, no, no, no. It no, took a no, while. No, it took me a year to look back and go, oh, when did that happen? How did that happen? Wait a minute. That led to that, which led to that, which led to that, which led to that. And quick oh, succession. And it was quick succession, but it took years of that led to that, which led to that, which led to that. 
somebody I get I get asked probably weekly, how did you get in the Magnolia magazine? The simple answer is I was nice to someone who wasn't nice to me. <laughs> but that was nine years ago. And that relationship turned into someone who works for that company. That's the short story. Yeah. And that's how I ended up in there. I didn't end up in there because I painted something and I stuck it in a store window and Joanna Gaines saw it and was like, oh my God, please call him. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's, it is, you know, your parents always say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I'm like, yeah, okay, mom. Mom was right. It's and, a lot of, yeah. it's a relationship based. And I am, I will, I will swear that I am not a people person or a relationship person or a salesperson. None of them. I hate all three of those titles. But every time somebody asks me if I know someone, I'm like, oh, uh, I might. <laughs> I might know that person or I might know somebody who knows that person. But it's, I just do, I, but I do it my, I do it my way. And that's, I think if you, I think if you're not comfortable doing something, it's okay to be uncomfortable in that and just go about it in your own way. You know, I'm not going to be at a party and go around introducing myself to everyone unless it's a dare or something, but that's just not me. Yeah. It's not as hard for me. That's nervous sweating, Kent, when that, when that needs to occur. More on the introverted. I, I will. Yeah. I would rather, I would rather stand on stage and talk to 5,000 people and call bingo in a funny voice than introduce myself to one person at a party. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere. It's so funny because I, I'm kind of. You can be in the middle. The same way. And you can be in the middle. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said, and Nicole and I just had this conversation um, on a drive because I was like, I'm not an introvert, but I'm not an extrovert. I, you know, I don't go out there and, you know, shaking hands with 500 people, but there's a space in the middle and it's called something. And I don't know what it's called right I now. I asked somebody with an Enneagram number. Yes. Please don't write in or call. I will tell you what my Enneagram number is. Yeah. You won't like it. I think mine's seven. I have to remember. I don't know what it is. Mine's a one, but I will indicate it with a special finger. Corey Hoffman. Yes. That's not me. That's not me. That is actually Kent. No. No, no, it's my problem. We're very important people. Yes, very important people today. Very important people. So important. So, you know, you started off with the words and, and yeah. you went through. There, there was other projects, though, that you did um, that was kind of gym related. So, so Kent and I sure. go to the same CrossFit gym and we've been going there for years Crossfit. and we have fun and we make fun of people and they make fun of us. <laughs> and then we find out, we figure out how to exercise for at least 30 minutes of that time. Yeah. But there was a project that came about while you were at the gym. Yeah. What is that? That was with, uh, I'm not an I'm not a floor angel guy. Mm -hmm. I'm a bent over hands on knees, hands on shorts guy. One day I was dripping uh, sweat, and for some reason it popped in my head that that, that should be paint dripping on the floor. So I asked uh, Corey, the gym owner, Corey Worf, if I could borrow some weights, and he kind of smirked and chuckled at me and was like, "For what?" And I said, "To paint with." <laughs> 
And literally two days later, I was in the back of the gym in the parking lot throwing uh, slam balls and weighted plates into paint to see what happened. Like, how much water do you add? Do you add water? Do you not add water? Does this paint work better? Does that paint work better? I had sheets of plywood and all sorts of craziness. And I had this brilliant idea that we, I was going to make art and sell like paper prints to CrossFitters. Because CrossFitters will buy anything that says CrossFit on it. I mean, look at their freaking clothes. They can't go anywhere without clothes that say CrossFit. <laughs> um, but there was one company that I had asked, Corey, I said, hey, I don't want anything that says CrossFit on it. Where do I get that? He said, go to this company, Noble. I said, okay. So I emailed them. I said, hey, I'm doing this project. I'm going to film it. If you're interested, I would, I'd love to put your shoes in it or any of your clothes. Um, I love your shoes. Thanks, Kent. And they actually emailed back and said, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> so um, I had another clothing company, Viore. If you, if you don't wear Viore shorts, you should. Um, they, they sent me some clothes. Anyway, we, we filmed it. I had some high school kids come in with their drones and we, six of us, um, filmed this little workout thing and we made, uh, six pieces of art on board and, and I photographed them and I did, I turned them into these prints. And nothing really happened with the prints. Um, but I had enough and I sent them back to Noble and I said, Hey, love your product. Keep doing what you're doing, Kent. And I sent them four four paper prints. I didn't say, call me. I didn't say, Hey, we should work. I didn't say any of that. Two days later, I got an email from customer services. Thank you for the art. We'd like to gift you with a pair of shoes. Please choose your size and let us know. We'll send them to you. I thought that was cool. <laughs> the day after that, I actually got a phone call from their creative director or person. I didn't know at the time was the company owner. And he said, and I believe the exact words were, Hi, this is Michael. This is cool as shit. How can we work together? And I said, okay. And I actually did, surprisingly, I was able to think of my feet. Actually, I'm much better at thinking of my feet than I am at planning. But what I've learned, and you should write this down if you're taking notes, because I know you're all sitting there with pen and paper waiting for me to say something smart. If you're going to work with a company, don't tell them how you should work with them. Don't say, I've got this design, it should be on a t-shirt. Or, I'm really good at this, I should do this for you. You're either A, in, insulting them by saying they don't know what they're doing, or most likely they're a year in advance. But if you're willing to say, hey, I would like to work with you in any way that you think is fit, works with your schedule, or anything you want, make them think that your idea is their idea, you've got something. That's, that's big advice though. And I was able to, I knew from the moment he called me that I wanted to work out with their six people and have them do it. I knew from the moment he called me because I had already thought about it, but I was not going to give him that idea. That's funny. But we worked, it took me about an hour. I'm not, I'm not saying I talked him into it, but like right. we talked, we talked about other ideas that were really good and about an hour into it, he goes, I think it'd be really cool if the athletes did it. And I was like, Hmm, I think that's a brilliant idea. And it took almost a year from the time that conversation happened to get it scheduled. So all my friends at the gym thought I was lying. Like, you're not, you're not working out with Sam and, and Brooke and all those people. Yeah, whatever. Okay. All right, dude. Until I brought the shoes in. And that was my, that was one of my favorite, my favorite days at the gym. That's good. I was bringing everybody's shoes.
I love the, the the advice, and I and I can't skip over that because <laughs> I do it. And when you get into I used those, to. yeah, you get into those situations, and you feel like they want you to tell them what they should do. Like you should be the owner. What this is what you should do. And a lot of times they're like, they just want to. How can we do this? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Right, and they'll tell you. And then, then you can kind of go from there. Well, put, put it, put it in, put it into the biggest. So take an idea you have and put it to the biggest scale you can think of. Let's say that I want my designs to, to be on a Nike shoe. Do you really think I'm going to call up Nike and go, Hey, I have a great idea for a black and white and brown shoe. It should have my art on it. It should go here. No. I, the only shot I would ever have is if somebody from Nike came to my shop and said, you do cool work. And I were to say, I pre- thank you. I, I appreciate that. If I ever had a chance to work with you, I would take any shot anyway. If you want me to do a shoelace, I'll do it for you. You just tell me. Maybe I'd have a shot at doing that. Maybe I'd do a shoelace and then a, and then a tongue. And then, I don't know where that's going. Yeah. <laughs> a soul. A soul. Something. Yes. But you, as, as especially, I think we talked about this last time, but Date who you can date, but have a conversation during that date. Don't tell that date what you're going to do because mm-hmm. that's not going anywhere. But, you know, I am not going to call up Nike today, but Noble was a small company at the time. They've grown as I've grown. Um, most of the people that I've worked with have been smaller companies at one time or individuals, or we've, we've happened to cross path at the same time. And I've been willing I've tried to be willing to do what they asked. Um, and another cool story, um, the Magnolia thing, the year I was in the magazine, I was all prepared to have a giant year of sales at their, at their show. And we set up that day and we were done at four o'clock and they said, there's a vendor meeting. I had not, I did not have my phone on with me. I mean, I, I don't know what happened during the day until at the four o'clock of the meeting, they said, just so you know, the NCAA canceled their tournament today and we have canceled the event. You can stay on the street for the three days because a lot of people are coming in, but the concert is canceled um, and we can't officially promote you. And there was a lot of, let's just say, dumbass questions that were asked. Can you mm-hmm. promote us anyway? Can you blah, blah, Can you, everyone wanted to know whatever, what you, what can you do for us? For me. What can you do for me right now? And to be honest, there really was nothing they could do. And I guess that's just kind of, I'm, I'm, what can I do for me? It's kind of where my mind went. And I decided that I was going to stay on the street and just be there for three days anyway. Why'd they cancel it? They canceled because of COVID. Oh, is it COVID? When, it okay. was the day the NCAA t- t- canceled the tournament. And from shut that day it. on, everything shut down. That okay. was sort of the first tumbling block. So... That night at eight o'clock, we got a text that said, you have to be off the street by eight in the morning. The mayor of Waco, no no street vendors. So we had to, we had to take all of our stuff down. And of course, everyone wanted to know what they could do for, for them. And I knew there were a lot of questions. And so I actually had, um, had conversed with Joanna Gaines via Instagram before. She had one of my paintings and I sent her a note that said, 
I know this is rough for you guys having to shut it down and there'd be a lot of people complaining. Just want to say thanks for, um, the extra time we have to move out and, and, and your people are doing a really cool job because they were, they were, I mean, they had extra people packing things in boxes with white gloves on. So they didn't mess stuff up or anything. And they, somebody had to go out at three in the morning and find white gloves. I don't know where you find those, but everybody had them. It was impressive. So I just sent her a note and said, thank you. She sent me a message back that said, and I had decided I was going to stay no matter what. I was going to just stay, even if I just hung out at the hotel. She sent me a message back that said, hey, do you have a wholesale catalog? And I <laughs> like, uh, I can't in about an hour. I can make one. <laughs> you know, I have Canva. Basically, it was, basically it was <laughs> yes. <laughs> the count came out, yes. One, one catalog, <laughs> yes. Um, and so we, we messaged back and forth for like a second. She said, don't go anywhere. I'm going to send my assistant down to buy your booth. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. okay. So her assistant came down and they, anything that wasn't super large, they bought. And she said, we're going to put it in the store eventually. I said, okay, that's kind of cool. So I, I decided to stay, even though thing, even though everything had been canceled. I decided that morning that no matter what, I was going to stay and enjoy my time. Um, and I, and I, I, part of that message was I, to Joanna was if, you, if there's somebody that needs a mural, I'll paint it while I'm here. I have nothing else to do. So that I mean, I had to actually put words on half of those paintings still. So I took them back to the hotel, <laughs> wrote them, and then I dropped them off in the furniture store that wasn't even open yet. I, I didn't, I didn't know what to charge. I didn't know anything. I was just like, okay, we'll make this work. I'll just send you a bill for whatever. And she was very, you know, just send me a bill, whatever. We'll take care of it. So the next day I went into the store, they were on the wall. Wow. I was the only artist I've ever seen have, have hand painted things on the store. I had my own section. Somebody, they had, they had like UPC codes. Somebody had to stay up all night to do that. Do that. I mean, and only one person could have told them to do it. When things are a mess and when there's a tornado around you and things are falling apart, it's okay to stay. Yeah. It's okay to stay. It's okay to breathe. It's okay not to do what everybody else is doing. You don't have to do it in a disrespectful way. You don't have to pout. You don't have to ask what can be done for me. You can be kind you can send a note. You can accept the mess that's going around around you. But if you're supposed to be there, you're supposed to be there. And the only reason I thought I was supposed to be there was my gut. Yeah. And sometimes your freaking gut is right. Sometimes it's right. And sometimes I will tell you that there have been many times where I've left or done something different. And my gut is like, you should have, you should have, you should have shed Dirk's door. <laughs> Sorry, Seinfeld reference. Should have said Cirque Shore. But your gut is often right. Oh my God. That, that's an amazing it's a pretty story. Everybody feels like, and sometimes I, I feel like this too, to where I try to be nice. I'm just, just not as a nice, nice person. You know, he's like, well, they're going to take advantage of me. You know, if I'm too nice, they're going to, the nice guys finish last. I don't believe so. You don't have to. You don't have to be nice and dumb. 
but they're going through the same pain that you and everybody else was going through. Do you think that they didn't spend probably months organizing this the, event? The whole people had spent months and, yep. and they paid for everyone, every, every artist or vendor that stayed there, they paid their travel home and back. And reimburse them for their hotels. They did not have to do that. No. By any, means by any means necessary, did they have to do that? Absolutely not. They just said, send us the receipts for your gas, your rental car, or your hotel, and we will take care of it. And I can tell you, I've asked many vendors. They all got paid. Wow. I didn't ask because I felt bad about the other part. <laughs> so I was like, I'll pay for my gas. Um, um, but, okay, the best... Some good. Sometimes the nice guy finishes last that time, and the AH finishes first. Mm. They only finish first that one time. Then nobody knows them anymore. Yep, hundred percent. That was a great story. See, I knew that's why there was more. I had to come I back. Have, I have There's some more. I have some good gut stories. I'm actually. I'm kind of but, smiling because I do have some actually good stories. That was a really good story. Yeah, and, anyway. and just following, you know, just doing what you do, not making making up, you know, I'm Kent this day and I'm this Kent this day, but just staying true to yourself, having patience. Everybody needs to know that there's patience involved with every endeavor. There was patience, but there was there was also... Trust. Yeah. Trust in yourself? Myself, but also who I was working with. So mm -hmm. I could have I could have easily been like, okay, all of these paintings are X amount. I will yeah. need a credit card right now, whatever. I was like, I, I, I don't know. But the, the amount, whatever the amount was, was not worth nearly what me being in that store mm -hmm. meant to my business. Yeah. Because a month later... I got a phone call that said, hey, we'd like to carry your art in the store permanently. Can you give me a price on 100 of these paintings? So I gave him a price on 100 paintings. The next phone call I got was then was, actually, how much is it if we will order 1,100 paintings? I have to raise my prices. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, let me go. Hold, let, on. hold on a moment. <laughs> I have another call. <laughs> Rob is calling on the podcast line. Um, so I, I mean, they were super small. Yeah, but I painted eleven 1 hundred stupid paintings. I hand wrote them all. Oh my hand wrote God. them all. But all of that was. I mean, I honestly think part of that was because I wasn't like a stickler when it came to like um, that. That one is twelve dollars. That let me go add them all up. I was like. I don't know. And I, they're not all done. Can I go write them? And I'll just drop them at the furniture store. Like by the end of the day, is that okay? I mean, she's doing a hundred things on a day when the place is shutting down and she's like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Good. I don't Check. even, I don't even know what I charged her. It, whatever it was, I'm sure it was way less than if I would have sold them all. Why, why should I, why should I care about that? You couldn't, how many vendors would pay to be in the store? Yeah. They'd pay. Mm -mm. Amazing. Not happening. So. That was good. Well. All right. What else do you want to know? Yeah. God. 
that was awesome story. Did you, so as you're going through this and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, and you kind of hit on this a lot and this intrigues you. And have you ever felt like it was time? Like I'm done with this. I'm, I'm checking out. I'm, I'm going to work for somebody else. Hmm. No. Okay. I don't play well with others, and I will admit that. Yeah. I will play games well with <laughs> others, <laughs> or, or maybe not. <laughs> I, I play well with others when it's the playing. When it comes to my own thing or my way of doing things, I have my own way of doing it. I have my own way, which is usually wrong, but I think is right. Um, listen, it's my, it's my name that it goes in the bottom right-hand corner of every canvas. And it is hard. Listen, I think it's just hard to admit. Yeah. I think all artists are a bit narcissistic. I mean, you kind of have to be. Yeah. We're not going to get into all that, but like, it's hard for me to let somebody else do something that represents me. I am learning that I need help to do projects and then I just need to find the right people. But for me to be, to work for somebody else who is putting their name on something else, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have the satisfaction or the motivation to, to get up and go that I do when it's mine. Yeah. Probably the easiest way to say it. Yeah. The easiest way to say it is just no. No, that's an easy way to say it. And, I don't work well with others either. I'm, I'm working on that. Hold on. No, I can't do that right now. That's my new that's my new tagline. No, I can't do that right now. No. With no further explanation. All right. So I've got some fun questions. Oh, and I don't know which what they are. And there's they one are, in here is the cool kookiest one. The kookiest one? I want the I want the craziest. Do you? I, yeah, I want the gonna, question. I don't, I don't even I don't know. Want, I don't want the softball question. Okay, I don't I even want know the, if I would know how to grab the okay. grab the would I have ever box over there. I will grab that. Okay. But I'm gonna ask right. you this one. Would you rather look like a potato or feel like a potato? <sighs> I didn't write that question, but I had to go in there. Okay. Would I rather look like a potato or feel like a potato? That's the right. politician's way of stalling for answers to repeat the question. I would rather feel like a potato. Mm. I will give you my reasoning behind yep. that. Often, even when we are fit or when we look good and we eat like a giant potato or pizza or cake we kind of feel like mm -hmm. not very good which i'm equating to feeling like a potato but when we look at ourselves or we, when we get on the scale we're really the same weight that we were yesterday when we felt pretty good so i'm gonna go with feel right. like a potato okay i feel like right. if i looked like a potato then i would look like i don't know <laughs> is it a potato that's been sitting in the cabinet that has like the really long yeah, you're growing the stuff really now. long tentacles yes all right so Kent has this game and hashtag never have I ever. And we thought that it would be good because I want to bring a little personality to the guests and I'm just going to pull a question and I, I don't know if promise. it's going to be X-rated. I am a promise with capital um, P. 
Okay. I am a great... Never have I ever... Oh, Lord. ...run from the cops. False. It's not a false. True, false. What is is it? it? So you never never have. have. Uh, True, I have. Uh, okay. That's why. what I was trying to figure out. Why? I'm not yes. answering the why. I'm what? answering the question. It's just the question. You didn't. It's, it's all, that's the question. <laughs> so boring. Oh, that's a good answer. Fine. <laughs> all right. Um, never have I ever tended bar. Not while being paid. Okay. Would you do? Where at? Oh, just at a party. Uh, I had a. Uh, so we went to a concert. Thanks for asking. Oh. I have a I have a story. Oh, thank hey, you. Yes, thank you, you for asking. Could you please tell me your bartending yes. story, Rob? Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. So we went to a concert, and it was in Chicago, and um, where we went to see the Shins, and it was at the Fillmore. The Fillmore. Yeah. Mm. So we went to see North the side. Shins were playing, and Rogue Wave was mm. playing, and this was back. Shoot, I don't know. This was probably like twenty years ago, and the the bar or the the stage in front of the stage, the dance floor, the where you stand, it was packed. And I saw this girl, and she is walking through that maze, and she had a case of beer, and she was holding it up over her head, mm-hmm. walking through and selling cans of beer. And I was like, I want to do that. So I got her. She came over. I was like, can I, can I do that? Can I go through and sell? She's like, yeah, idiot. <laughs> so I did. I went through. I sold one. You sold one? One. How many I, did she sell? Probably, probably all, all of them. them. <laughs> yes, I got one. Um, that was my, that was my story. <laughs> Never have I ever, I really like this game, flashed or been flashed in public. Yeah, that's. A, I have not. I don't think I've been flashed either. That's that's a boring answer. I'm sorry. But you can answer these as well. I have a story. Oh. No, just joking. I do have a story, but we'll talk about it later. So it has to do with London fog. Mm, it was driving. It was on the expressway. Oh, you know what? I think I've been flashed while driving. Oh, yeah. I think I have been, yeah. Oh. What is this? Uh, oh, I'm not going to. It was college. That. It was college? College age. Fine. I was rolling down to go see my buddy in Kentucky. And I was just by myself going down there. That was a horse. And then it happened. It wasn't a horse. (laughs) Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Never have I ever dressed in a slutty Halloween costume. You have, haven't you? And and yeah, I was a I was a real housewife of Providence Plantation. (laughs) Complete with tennis skirt, shaved legs, and balloon breasts. Oh my gosh. I was rather attractive. Was that this year? No, that was probably 10 years ago. (laughs) Okay, last one. All right. This is really good. We could probably do a podcast just on this. Never have I ever, I have to keep saying that. Okay. (laughs) Found it. A little little scared, a little nervous. Oh my God. I'm saying never. Okay. Found a sex tape made by my parents. Oh God. If you say you did. No, I have not. Okay, but, thankfully. But I, yeah, I, I can't. I, no. I don't. I never. I've never even. I've never walked in. I've. No. I, I don't. I think they only did it four times. No, that would be no, no, um, <laughs> no. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. This was fun. 
Um, and I'm actually going to get this for my other really well, we can play it. cool guests. We we're we're going to play yeah, it on Saturday. Okay. Can, yeah, we can, we, well, that'll actually be a really good one. I think that'll be good. It's right. a good group game because you don't have to really, you don't have to play for winning. You can just ask the questions. Yeah, it's a good conversation yeah, starter. Maybe that's what I should start the podcast on. Not could. like, hey, yeah. how'd you, you know, decide yeah. to do this? Yes. Have you ever found a sex tape? Yes, but never have I ever. Um, it's either going to go really, really good and you know that this is going to be a great guest or... Or you just really never get to the guests actually yes. why they're there. You just get to their questions. Something clicks uh -huh. and it's over. But right. thank you. I sure. appreciate it. Yep. See you guys. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms and be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care. <laughs>